Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks postgame podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy New Year. Jay Zawoski and Mario Tirabasi here in our West Loop studios. Greg Boyson. Yeah, it has been. I Greg Boyson will join us uh, from the United since last year. Been a, it's been since last year since we've been here. Way to go, Mario. He did it. That's the uh, podcast equivalent of the wave. <laughs> oh, boy. There were some Lord. angry folks about the wave. We'll get to that, uh, too. <laughs> but, hey, you guys are never going to guess what happened. The Hawks lost. Can oh, you believe man. it? This time blowing a 2 nothing lead to the San Jose Sharks, losing 5-2. to two, And um, really a tale of two games. The first period was all Sharks. The second period until it wasn't, was all Hawks, and then the third period was all Sharks, and it was just another, I don't know. It's a tank win. Yeah, I mean, it's it's this team that is not built to win NHL hockey games. Um, and Correct. to their credit, though, <laughs> you know, getting out of that first period scoreless was a small victory, and they – carried a bit of that momentum into the second period and, and had a pretty good uh, sec, you know, second period going for them. Got out to a 2 nothing lead. Like, hey, a multi-goal lead? I'm, I'm fine with the Blackhawks getting one of those every now and then. They just don't know how to hold on to those. Yeah. They, and, and, you know, when they got the, the first goal, they got the, the, the opening lead uh, with the, the Patrick Kane goal. Immediately after that, it just felt like, whoa, this team is playing differently. Absolutely. And, and I, I, I was just sitting there. I was just like, they look, they, it felt like the, the, the puck possession was smoother. Yeah. It felt like they just, every player just seemed like it was, they were playing with a bit more confidence in the offensive zone. They were sustaining some possession. Mm-hmm. Ended up leading, leading out to a, a, a two nothing goal, a two nothing lead with the second goal. And I was just like, wow, like, you know, Luke Richardson talks about it so much about how, you know, playing from behind and gets them out of their system and, you know, playing with a lead, they, they're able to dictate more of the game. And tonight was just, like, very clear what what that difference is. And then Snowball, uh, 2-1, 2-2 on the, on the kick goal, 3 uh, Three two, was, was three two, the 3-2 was the 3 2 goal the one that went over Mrazic or was that the 2 1? Uh, let me check my game the two, notes. I think that might have been the 2 1. Uh, that was no, the 3 2 goal was Barbanov with the soft backhander uh, that Mrazic needed to stop. Yeah. Uh, three goals in three minutes and 12 seconds. Yeah. And it the just game. the snowball effect just killed them again. Well, killed them tonight. You're totally right. And I still contend um, that this team is not as bad on paper as they're playing. And I do think that there is a a giant mental gap happening with this team right now because they start off like shit. They're being <laughs> outshot. Technically, it was ten to one. It was ten nothing because the Hawks yeah. shot on goal like basically rolled to co- to Kakanen <laughs> from like sixty feet. Yeah, away. it like harmlessly rolled, but because he had to put his <laughs> palm down on it, it counted as a shot. Fine. Then from ten to one. They go up to nothing. Shots are 15 15. Yeah. And I tweeted out, hey, it's been all Hawks since they were down 10 to 1 in shots. As soon as San Jose got on the board, it yeah. was over. 
It was three minutes and 12 seconds for three goals. This team is that fragile right now. And you were right. When they were had one up one nothing, up until that second goal, they're flying. Passes on the tape, sustained shifts from all four lines, you know, finishing checks, making great plays. As soon as San Jose goes up 3-2, once again, the Hawks are stuck in mud. They can't complete a pass. They've got wide open looks to shoot, and they dish it off to someone who's got two San Jose Sharks on them. It's the same story we see. And like we can talk about, you know, on paper, whatever. It's just it just shows you the human element of sports and of hockey. And this team is broken. They are fragile. They are broken. And as soon as the littlest bit of adversity hits them, it all falls apart. Yeah. So yeah. how this is where and this is what what frustrates me. I think Patrick Kane had a fantastic game. We're going to talk about him. But this is where, you know, off the ice. Yeah, you want your coaches to play a role. But this is where you want your veteran leaders, Taves, Kane, Murphy, McCabe, et cetera, to kind of pull the team out of this, yeah. right? And say, hey, you know, it's okay. It's one goal. We're not just going to fall apart because we're only winning by one. We're still winning the game. We're playing well. Let's keep it going. Follow it up with a good shift. Instead, three goals in three minutes and 12 seconds. And as soon as that third goal went in, a softy late in the second period, which is a trend the Hawks have had all year, yeah. which is for any team a terrible thing to do. Those late period goals are crushers. Yeah. Brutal. And then right off the bat in the third period, um, three minutes into the third, the Sharks make it 4-2, and there's yeah, that's it. At that, at that's that it. point, it's over. You're done. You're yeah. toast. Yeah, I mean, it's – I and, and it's funny. <clears throat> calling the team fragile uh, last season – I think was was there. There's a difference in in then to now. Then it was you had the horses to to come back from from games to to not get down uh, early in games, and it was just you know if you want to call it coaching, if you want to call it pressure, whatever it was, uh, the, the the fragility of that team last season uh, is is different than this season. This season, it's 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 all between the ears. And it, it comes from constantly being down and con constantly we, – we joke sometimes, sometimes joke, sometimes serious, that we do the same show mo more often than not for post-game shows. But it's because we're seeing the same Blackhawks game more often than not, and the same mistakes are happening again and again. The same script gets followed again and again. And I – it's it's – it's clearly weighing on this team, weighing on the players, that it's it's become so formulaic that they they either give up the first goal of the game that then snowballs into second goal, third goal, whatever, and they have to play from behind, or they get out to a lead, score the first goal, whatever it is, but when the team responds, they don't they haven't been in a situation where they've had leads, had multi-goal leads mm -hmm. this season and as a group enough to where I don't even think that they they know how to hold a lead. I don't think they I don't think they they have the 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 experience in doing that as this group, which this group, you know, is at least half of this team hasn't played together yeah. for for a good portion of time. So they don't have that experience and and I think it's when they when they were playing with the lead, when they were confident, it's you see it there, you you see that they can do some of these things, yeah. 
And it's just, for whatever reason, the first sign of, shoot, we're going to have to dig deep to, to keep this lead. They don't, they don't have that gear in them. Right. And I, uh, yes. And I, I also think it's worthwhile to talk about the goaltending element of this thing because one thing that can stop the spiral is a big save. Yeah. Right? And, and a crucial save. And I, I'm not blaming Peter Mrazek for this loss by any means, but, but that, that third goal, in the context of the game, has to be stopped. It yeah. has to be stopped. And you could say the same for, uh, was it the Timo Meyer one that just kind of yeah. snuck through, um, where it hits him and he doesn't really know where it is and just kind of stands there. He thinks he's got it. dribbling past and his foot. Right there. At some point, you need your goalie to make a big save for you and turn the game around. That sort of thing, it can be as, I don't know what the word is, reinvigorating mm-hmm. as a goal where, hey, you know what? We had, he had no business making that save, and he just bailed us out. Let's respond. All right, right let's go. You know what I mean? Right. We got away with that one. Let's make something of it. So you don't have the horses to, to score. The goaltenders, for the most part, have been subpar. I think Stalock's been good, and I, I, we've discussed this. We want to see him get the bulk of the starts here, yeah. and he should. Um, but, man, now and again, just make a big save for once. Yeah. For once, make a big save. And, again... Aside from that third goal, I don't think any of them were necessarily soft or bad, but come through and make that ridiculous save now and again, and it's really going to help the team. And when you have none of that stuff happening, you don't have the scoring, you've got the confidence of the skaters totally sapped, the goalies aren't making big saves. If anything, they're giving up softies. This is what's going to happen yeah. night after night after night. Yeah, and, and you know we, talk, we talked about it uh, when we were here during the third period. You were, you made the the mention of like wow for a team that's you know in the tank standings, the Sharks actually have some some players that are putting up some big Huge numbers. Years. You see what the difference in, uh, goaltending makes. Like the Sharks are having some some good players have some great seasons. Eric Carlson is having a Norris caliber season, yeah. and your two starting goalies for the Sharks, uh, neither one of them is above nine hundred in a save percentage. Like you see what goaltending does. And we heard from from Taylor Radish a, a couple of games ago uh, talk about Alex Stalock and the way he's been playing this season when he's been healthy. Um, just the confidence that his play brings to the team and his presence in the locker room brings to the team. Yep. And so often NHL players will say when, when, when players have confidence in their goal, goaltenders behind them, they're able to play a little bit more loose and a little bit more confident in themselves, knowing that the guy behind them, if things don't go right, is going to be able to make the save when maybe more often than not, most goaltenders won't make that save. And I think with Peter Mrazek, what we're seeing is the saves that you would expect an NHL goaltender to make, he's making, but it's the, it's like you said, like that extra save, that extra save that's a lo- like a low percentage save opportunity, he's getting none of them. So all those, so all those shots, all those opportunities are in the back of the net, and that's the difference between, you know, the game being three two, and being five two. Yep. And and I think not not that Stalock is a world beater, but right now he's the better of the two goalies that the Blackhawks have, and I you know I I, I think the team is is better with him in net, and I think, you know the 
no one in that locker room is saying we're confident in Peter Mrazek. No, they're saying it about no, Alex Stalock, no, no, and, no. and that's I, th- I think that's a huge difference, and it, that probably also is playing into the 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 mind of Peter Mrazek as well. Yeah. Like he, like he like he knows he's been hurt for the yeah. past two seasons. He knows he's been not the guy that he used to be uh, in, in in the last couple of years, and he's in a situation where he's he's really not going to get any help. No, and look. Like, Mraz, it's a good point about Mrazic. That's a guy who went, you know, Carolina, Toronto, was considered a top-end goaltender, fell off, got hurt. Literally, Toronto gave the Hawks a first-round pick to get to rid get of him. him. Yeah. Then he comes in, he's hurt. Again, human beings. The human element matters. And I talked about this earlier this week in conversations I had back in the day with some of the uh, Dynasty Blackhawks when you would talk about Anti Ranta or Ray Emery or whatever backup you want to talk about, Scott Darling, all the guys who were great backups to Corey Crawford throughout his career, that is such a, a huge thing for those guys because they know whoever's in net, they're good. Mm-hmm. They know that they're going to be covered. And, yeah, they might not make every – like let's say you cough up a puck and it's a breakaway. He might not stop everything. But you know you're a little more willing to take risks and you just play a little looser – when you trust your goalie, I don't think there's a single guy in that locker room or wearing a suit behind that bench that believes that Peter Mrazek is going to save them if something goes wrong. I think they're hoping. I hope they're wishing. I think they're praying, but they don't trust him. They don't trust Peter Mrazek, and how can you? No, you can't. It, it, and and I just, you know, I was a little bit surprised to see, I guess, back-to-back, even though it was day-to-night. I guess you have to play Mrazek in the second back-to-back. Yeah. But I hope it's Staylock on Tuesday. I really do. Yeah. Because I, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. What justification is there? And this is the other thing we've sort of talked about with, like, what are the things Luke can do? You can reward good play. Yeah. And I kind of want to transition here into Ian Mitchell. Sure. Who had been sitting out for, what, was it three in a row? So Caleb Jones could yeah. play. Mm-hmm. And again, nothing against Caleb Jones, but you've got Ian Mitchell up here, not in Rockford, where he could really be helping, uh, sitting in the press box. He comes in today, picks up an assist on Patrick Kane's goal, a beautiful a play, play to keep the puck in at the line. Not only that, gather the puck at his feet, get the puck to his stick, puts a pass on the tape to Patrick Kane. That's the most fired up I've seen Patrick Kane all season. He yeah. goes to the boards. I read his lips. He said, <laughs> "Great, pa- I think it was like, great pass, baby. Let's effing go mm-hmm. to Ian Mitchell. Like, pointed at him and said, great pass. Let's go. Kane was fired up because it's <laughs> – how many times have we seen him where passes are just missing him? They're just out of his reach, all those sort of things. It was great to see. I'm glad Mitchell's back in the lineup. Greg is standing by, so we're going to get to him in a second. Are we ready to do the king of the game, Kevin? You can do the king of the game. All right, let's on. do that. Then we're going to hit our break. It is time for our DraftKings king of the game. And we're going to talk about this guy a little bit later in the show uh, because a big hockey rumor guy mentioned our (laughs) king of the game, Jake McCabe, is a potential target for the Edmonton Oilers. So I definitely want to talk Mm. about that maybe in the uh, last half of the show. Mm. Three shots on goal, six shot attempts, two block shots, two hits, 19.53 of ice time for uh, my current favorite Blackhawk, Jake McCabe, uh, finished even on the night in a 5-2 loss. Uh, just another Jake McCabe game, but really nice to see him assert the offense a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you don't really think of Jake McCabe when you think of uh, high offensive defensemen, but 
you know, someone's got to do it on this team. If Seth Jones isn't going to be your uh, top offensive option or play like it. Um, yeah. I mean, McCabe, we, we say it all the time uh, and he has yet to uh, prove us wrong, but he shows up every night and he is, he is one of the guys that you can always count on in this lineup to put in, you know, the <laughs> as, as much as you want to, you know, make crack your jokes about ready to work. Like, McCabe is actually living up to the the cheesy slogan from the team. Like he is he is putting in the work, uh, and and putting in the the the, the blue collar effort each night yeah. to try and get this to try and do what he can to drag this team to some some semblance of success. Some semblance of success. Right, that was well done. I yeah. would have I would have jumbled the hell out of that one. Hey, <laughs> hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just 5 bucks pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. I just missed mine tonight, but that's okay. We keep our heads up and we keep going, ready to work. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code CHGO, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. And if you're looking for tickets to the Blackhawks this season, um, my hat's off to you. But if you want to do that or, you know, tickets to... uh, Bears game or Bulls game uh, or, or any sporting event yeah, in maybe Chicago. Maybe something else. Maybe just go to a different maybe city. Maybe something else. <laughs> you know, wh- whatever you want to do. Uh, I suggest that you use our friends Game Time, the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sporting events, concerts, and all kinds of shows. You ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, like the 50-yard line or courtside or behind home plate or right on the glass you can bang it and piss oh, off Jay Zawaski? God, that lady was obnoxious. <laughs> well, with game time, it's possible. Maybe she got her tickets to game time. Who knows? It's the biggest last-minute price drops that can be found on seats you thought you could never buy. You're not going to find a better deal on tickets this season. And if you do, you won't, but if you do, you can go to game time and they will match the price uh, of those tickets, that is how much they want to make sure that you are getting the lowest prices through game time. So if you love CHGO, you're going to love that. Get Take two. If you love CHGO, you're going to love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. When you do that, you'll be joining over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all of your favorite events. And a reminder, it is time to level up your fandom at allchgo.com. Become a diehard today. You will save on all things CHGO, including our United Center takeovers. Stay tuned for an announcement on that coming very, very soon. You'll save on our merch at the CHGO Locker. And, of course, when you sign up to become a diehard, you get a free shirt or hat of your choice for free, including our legendary 81 design that we came out in uh, honor of you know number 81 we can't say his name as we're doing the uh, little thing here because we don't want to get in trouble doing but i think you know thing. who number 81 is so go to the chgo locker check out our selection of uh, stuff become a diehard today and gift subscriptions are available so uh, if you got that belated christmas uh, party coming up or you got a friend <laughs> whose birthday's coming up and they love chicago sports it makes a perfect gift 
allchgo.com. And speaking of perfect, I can see the flowing locks standing by at the United Center. It's our friend Greg Boyson. What's up, Greg? Hello, boys. How are we doing this lovely evening? It's very similar to what we've been doing for uh, the prior uh, 34 evenings. Yeah, no shit. This is just like a this is ground <laughs> this is Groundhog Day, but in a hot dog in a hockey uh, season. It's the yeah. same thing every every time. Well, a little different. The Hawks scored first tonight. That was a change. Yeah, but then yeah. they lost again. Yeah, well, yeah. That what happens. was the uh, what was the mood of the locker room after this latest blown lead? Not great, as you can imagine. Um, got to talk to Sam Lafferty a little bit, and he says that you know it's hard to pinpoint exactly where something like this goes wrong. Um, you know, the, there were many moments he said that he could that you could uh, mention. You know, they lose momentum. Uh, Patrick Kane spoke after the game and and kind of said the same thing. He says you got to find a way to close out that period. You know, if you're tied, as opposed to being you know, chasing a goal, it's much easier on the team. But again, you know, we've seen it a lot lately, even on that road trip too. We've been seeing a lot of those late goals at the end of a period. And like, those are just like a punch to the stomach. Yep. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's been this, this team's, one of their biggest uh, hindrances this season is goals within the you know final three minutes two minutes of a period and you know whether whether it's blowing a lead or allowing a goal that extends the lead that the that the other team has when you go into intermission having given up you know the last thing that you did on the ice before going into the room is give up a goal or two goals or whatever it is walking into that room you have you're, you're looking around at, at your teammates you're you're you know whether you want to say, "Oh, we're we're all together," and the you're passing blame. You're in a you're in a pissy mood. Like, how many times have they gone into the locker room into an intermission uh, with 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 that kind of uh, mentality, that kind of reaction? So it's just, I think, I think they're. I mean, obviously they're they're right. They have to stop giving up goals uh, in the final moments of, of of periods to try and have any kind of momentum carry through from one period to the other. I don't know. And look, if they could do it like that, they would. But it's, it's getting frustrating. It's almost it's almost good that so many of these guys are not in the long term plans because I don't know what Luke Richardson can say anymore. No, like going into intermissions, like, well, you know, here we are again. (laughs) Keep your heads up. I I just imagine that scene at like the last game in Slapshot during the intermission. And they're just like, uh, they're, just, they're all beat up. They're just muttering to each other. <laughs> Old-time hockey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get, get them. It's just that 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 lost feeling. And, and yeah. I feel we, we talk about the coaches all the time. And, and I again, I, I can't really pin any of the outcomes on Luke Richardson yet. There's some roster decisions and things here and there. But, like, I just don't know what you do or say. And we were talking, Greg, before you jumped on about just – you know, they're, they go down 10-1 in shots. Then they're up 2-0. Shots are tied 15-15. And then in three minutes and 12 seconds, the whole thing is ripped away, and there's no shot in hell they're coming back. And you yeah. just know it. You just know they are incapable of bouncing back from any sort of controversy, even if the controversy is your goal is one goal, your lead is one goal less than it was a minute ago. 
Like, come on. Well, that's that's what the thing uh, Luke Richardson said in his postgame presser was more than once mentioned they started feeling sorry for themselves. And when they started feeling sorry for themselves, they start playing safe. And when you start playing safe, all of a sudden guys have got more space on the ice and plays are made against you. And it's just, you know, he's, he's hinting that, you know, it's that uh, here we go again feeling and you can't shake it. Uh, it, it showed it tonight. Things went awry real quick. Uh, the first goal was uh, a fluke. You know, it was a weird shot that bounced up and looked like a rainbow flying over Mrazic and then that. And, and uh, you know, Richardson said, hey, it was, it, it was a lucky goal, but you still got to win one-on-one battles and that play doesn't even happen. And, and he says, when it, it, lucky or not, you make your own luck. And when things are going bad for you, you don't. And that's what happened. Second goal, he said he thought it looked like his foot was going a little forward. But, you know, what are you going to do? But he also said, again, we left Mark Andre, uh, Edward Vlasic wide open at the back door. And that can't happen. So he says we could have prevented that, too. And then the third goal, you know, it just it's a soft one, a bad one all the way around. Morazic didn't get to his hit the short side quick enough. It goes in over in the Richardson said, maybe the puck ticked Mitchell's stick, but still he walked around three red sweaters. Like they weren't even there. It was an embarrassing goal from start to finish. It can't happen. It was a breakdown from start to finish. And then in the, in the third period, those goals were just bad. Uh, Morazic has no awareness. The puck's just laying there. Connor Murphy stands there and doesn't scream out where the puck is or even try to impede Timo Meyer, who just goes right in and taps it in, easiest of his 21 goals this year. And I could say that without seeing any of the previous 20. <laughs> um, and then the fifth goal, Ian Mitchell played well, but he got kind of burned on that play. And you saw that his lack of NHL speed it, it's going to bite him more than once per game. And, you know, it, it, it definitely happened tonight. But overall, Mitchell was good. You know, your point about uh, not communicating on the ice, this has been something that Luke has been frustrated with all season. Talks about these guys not talking to each other, not communicating with each other on the ice. And I don't know if it's like a generational thing or if it's a lack of familiarity thing That because a lot of these guys in this roster are new. I don't know what it is. Kaylee Chelio said it during the second intermission, too, that guys are not communicating out there. And it might not seem like a big deal, but when you've got a lot of guys playing together for the first time, you got to know where people are. And when you watch the good teams in this league or you watch the World Junior Championships and you see groups that have been together for a long time, that have played together for a long time, you hear the communication on the ice. The most we hear on the ice is a... Alex Taylock F-bomb that delights Troy Murray. <laughs> and that's about it. You never hear like, you know, wheel, 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 you know, hard, hard. You never hear that from the Hawks. You hear it from the opponent. You hear it from other teams around the league. But it feels like you never hear the Hawks communicating with each other on where the puck is, how to play it, where they are, tapping the sticks on the ice, those sort of things. All of it matters. It's They're all puzzle pieces to success. And this is something that Lucas said this literally like since training camp. We got to get these guys out there talking to each other more. Mm-hmm. And they just don't do it. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know why they can't do it. It's just, it, it's very, very frustrating. And I think 
you're seeing that the players get frustrated. You're seeing the coaches get frustrated. And this just might be what the rest of the season looks like. And ultimately, probably for the best. Ultimately, right? Because you're going to have the best chance at Connor Bedard, um, who only had four points in his last game. Bum. Um, yeah. You know, that's the whole idea. But yeah. it, it's still night to night as we come in here and do these shows, which we love doing, of course. Um, it's just I, put the shrug emoji on the screen for an hour and just play elevator music because I really don't know what more to say. I'll just <laughs> you know? do this. Like, how many show. times can we say the same thing? And, and and hope for something different. Well, I, as far it's as the, tough. As far as the communication aspect of things go, like getting used to playing together is one thing because guys got to get used to you know tendencies that other players that other teammates have and you know what a guy might do in situation X Y Z. But communication, there should be no excuse for lack of communication because hockey, you know it. It is an international game. There's guys that speak many different languages on, on, on the same teams. But hockey can be a universal language, and it usually is. Yes. And we're 36 games into this, into this season. Communication, whether you're a, a, a 20-year-old or a 38-year-old, like you should be able to communicate on the ice no matter who you're playing with because it's not, you're not communicating something secretive that the other team you know, you, that you don't want to divulge information to the other team. Right. Like you were just yeah, shouting right. to your teammates. Yeah. Like it's a very yeah. easy thing to do in hockey is to talk about what's happening, shout what's happening on the ice. There should be, and, and you, and you mentioned the world juniors. Some of those, some of those guys, you know, they've only played together for a week, two weeks. Yeah. Like, and, and there's so much talking going on and they have to do that because they haven't played with each other so much. So communication for this team it shouldn't be as poor as it has been this season uh, on the ice because at, at the professional level, you know, th- th- these guys have been doing it for so long that communicating on the ice, it's 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 not that the message isn't getting across. It just seems like they're just not doing it. And I don't know if that is if, – if that's just poor decision-making by the players that they're not doing it or – and I hate to say this because I, I, I think the opposite of it – or – are the players just going through the motions and just saying like, you know what, we're going to go out and play the game, get it over with. I got my reservation at nine o'clock. I want to make sure I get to it on time. That's what I'm thinking about. Like, I hope that's not the case. I hope it's not either. I, I mean, look, I said to the, I said to you guys during a game, I don't know if you heard me because we're, we're like five feet apart, but we can't hear each other at all at yeah, the games. It's, it's very strange. So you're, you're sitting at the bar at the restaurant, huh? What? <laughs> yeah. what? It's like, I feel like I don't talk to Mario <laughs> until we get here. Uh, but I said, like, has Jonathan Tays won a board battle tonight? It's, I, I, I just, that that's the thing. And that's something that I never dreamed in my life, I would say, about Jonathan Taves. Even if the points started drying up, the effort is nothing I would question. And it's just, I don't know. And it's. It's hard to, well, I don't want to say it's hard to blame them, but it's understandable that they would start to feel checked out. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it is. They, they know there's no way out of this. They know they're the worst team in hockey. They know that their fans that are actually, like, the fans that pay attention, 82 games a year, kind of want them to lose. Right. There's no, really, there's no real affection to anyone on this roster aside from Taves and Kane who everyone kind of knows, like, well, it's either going to be March or July that both those guys are probably gone. Mm-hmm. So fans have already kind of mourned that loss already. So it's just a weird it's just a weird season and a weird feeling. And 
the the temptation to check out has to be crushing. Oh yeah, it has to be. I I don't know. I I don't know how these guys. And look, here's what we'll say: like you know, during a dynasty, we saw times where Jonathan Taze was affected, and he was moody, and he wasn't fully engaged until. Brent Seabrook went slapped him around like the nun in, in Blues Brothers and said, hey, pull your freaking head out of your ass. We need you, right? Yeah. The Hawks don't have that guy. They don't have the guy that's going to go in there and say, enough is enough. Let's go. As Greg, Mario, as we're in the locker room at practices, you guys are there post games. Do you see a guy that has that presence on a team? Because I don't see it. Connor Murphy's a quiet guy. Is it Staylock? Is that the one guy? That's got the would, sack to say, "Hey, let's go, let's freaking go, guys." I bet uh, he you would Jake say McCabe he would not has, say freaking though. I, I bet you no, not at all. I bet you Jake <laughs> McCabe has peeled the paint off the walls in the locker room a few times. That's the guy that cares. I mm-hmm. guarantee you, he has yelled at some of these guys more than once. Um, but other than that, I don't really know. Uh, I can't, you know, I can't, there are a lot of guys on here. I can't picture giving you that fiery, emotional rah-rah speech in between periods um like like even with mccabe i wouldn't think it would be very um positive uh he's probably like saying hey do your job or i will effing kill you um because he can (laughs) and um so yeah i i don't know like it's i don't want to compare it to like i've never played for a losing nhl team but you know, I can kind of sort of compare it to some of the really bad Friday night bowling teams that I've been on where, you know, like four weeks into identical a, pretty much, uh, but like four weeks into a six month season, you know, you have no chance and you just kind of like, okay, I guess I got to go do this Friday night. I mean, it's not the same, but I can understand how at a, at a point doing this, you know, repeating the same thing over and over again, if we are frustrated and tired of talking about the same game every night. How do you think these guys feel about playing the same game every night? And they're the ones out there that are having their pride hurt or getting embarrassed on plays. Not us. We get to sit here and point that stuff out, and we're getting tired of watching this. Imagine being the guys that are making those mistakes and and being on the wrong end of those plays night in and night out, it, it, it's got to wear on you. Even the most professional players have got to be like, I just can't wait for this to be over. Here's another factor to consider, too, as, we, as we're looking for that guy, the vocal leader, to step up and lead. The presence of Taves and Kane probably have a, some guys a little bit gun-shy about doing that. You know, like, is Tyler Johnson going to speak up in the locker room with those two guys there? Right? Does he feel that sort of, uh, I don't know what the word is, but like, does he feel the right to be does the guy have, to speak does up? Does he have that space to do it? Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, you've got guys, Taves and Kane, first ballot Hall of Famers, statues, banners, all the things that are coming their way, still in that room. That's got to be, I don't want to say intimidating in the way of like, oh, I don't want to piss off Jonathan Taves, but it almost feels like, hey, it's their team mm-hmm. until it's not. And until they're gone, I don't know who can really who has the authority, I guess, for lack of a better word, to step up and say something and do something and and grab the team by the collar and say, "Let's go." I think it's, there's it's one. Sorry, go ahead, real go quick, ahead. it's one thing to not have the talent, which they surely don't have. We we all agree they're one of the least talented rosters in the league, but the fragility 
and the slow starts and all the things that we've seen all year long, that is a leadership issue. And Gunzo says uh, earlier in the chat, like, why can't the coach do that? There is some merit to that, but but what Lucas said all year is I don't want to – as soon as I use that bullet, as soon as I go in there and raise all hell and flip tables over, I risk losing the team, and I risk my message wearing out. Luke, as a guy who's played 100 million NHL games <laughs> for good teams and bad teams and everything in between, he knows what makes players tick, right? And the Mike Keenan – John Tortorella, I'm going to freak out and question your manhood and all these things. It works. It motivates through fear, but it, it is so short-lived. Mm-hmm. It's so short-lived, and it's not effective long-term. And I don't think him going in there and flipping over tables is the answer because if I'm a player in there and I'm getting berated by my coach, I'm going to say, wait a minute. Look at this. Look at the roster that's management's left us with. Mm-hmm. They traded our you know two of our best players last year and let one of them walk away. And Dylan Strom, like, don't come in here yelling at us. We're up against it. Yeah. We're, we're the ones out here bleeding. Like, that's the sort of thing that can really lose a room. It's different if a player does it. Mm. If it's a coach coming and saying, like, you bunch of sissies, like, come on, play hard and finish your checks, they're going to give them the old wank mechanic, either literally or figuratively, and it's going to be lost, mm-hmm. you know? And and I, I don't know. I don't think it – I don't think – first of all, it's not in Luke's personality to do that. He has played for guys that do that and knows what the impact is. I don't think it's very likely. It's up to the players to do this. Yeah, and I and I hope somebody grows the nads to step up and do it. And and listen, uh, Richardson is smart. He knows exactly what is going on right now. He knows this isn't. There was zero expectations to succeed this year. He's basically been given a hall pass for this season. Go yeah. out and just get your feet wet as being an NHL coach, like nothing screaming at these guys is going to accomplish nothing because at the end of the day, sure they're motivated, but they're still a bad team motivated or unmotivated. They're still going to lose. This team just doesn't have the talent to hang with every other team in the NHL. So what's the point? Richardson is still establishing himself as an NHL. He knows exactly what's going on here. Into it with guys that he knows won't be his player. Uh, in six months, six weeks, six days, maybe, who knows? Like just, he's implementing his systems. He's implementing his culture and he's not going to lose his shit because you're losing to the sharks on a Sunday night. Like, yeah, he's, he was obviously a little more frustrated tonight than we've seen him in the past. He, he's a very competitive guy. He hates losing. He, He wants to win every game if he can, but he knows what's going on. He, he's not an idiot. He knows exactly what he was hired for. And he knows that he has the, 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 the faith of the organization and Kyle Davis and that you're, you're the coach now for year one of the rebuild with the idea that you're still going to be the coach when we're good and we're a playoff team again. So he's thinking big picture too, just like the front office is. So if you want Luke Richardson to flip over tables and, and, and throw some Gatorade coolers around, it, it, it's not going to happen this year. Bio it, it doesn't accomplish anything. It's yeah, bio-steel, it's Greg. Bio-steel Come on. coolers, Greg. Jesus. Well, they, they, they've probably got some old Gatorade ones. Those are the ones that are reserved <laughs> for throwing because they don't care if they get broken. There you go. That's Good true. point. And they might have some Gatorade hanging around because we know, uh, not naming names, but some players are not fans of the bio-steel. <laughs> this is uh, the worst the freaking yeah, crap I ever had. <laughs> we've, uh, we've heard some uh, un- 
unpleasant uh, Yelp reviews in the locker yeah, room. Yeah, not about positive about reviews of the BioSteel. But I, yeah. I like it, by the way. Hey, but by the way, Greg, <laughs> you mentioned a hall pass. Uh, my hall pass is Mila Kunis. You got a hall pass, Mario? Or are uh, you too young into your marriage to have that established yet? I know what it is. I just I don't I don't have one. Oh, okay. Yeah. You got to name that early, man. That's gonna be part of the vows. My wife has five Paul Rudds. <laughs> I have Christina. I have Christina Hendricks. Okay. I feel like Paul Rudd's on every woman's list. Yeah. Well, she she I'm actually she's jealous of that guy. She has she has modified it in recent years to four Paul Rudd's and the entire cast of Black Panther. I don't know how that works, but okay. It's quite the hall pass. As long as I if if Mila Kunis ever comes in studio, I, I'll let her know, and then the police will be called, and that will be the end of it. All right. Um, <laughs> Gunzo says Keenan was a great NHL head coach. Today's players are mental wimps. Mm. Uh, ask, Check it off your bingo ask, card. Ask Dave Manson what he thought. Uh, known, known, known sissy uh, Dave Manson once chased Mike Keenan around the, I don't know if it was the stadium or the United Center at the time, Probably trying so. to kill him because he's such a jabroni or jackass or jagweed or whatever you want to use. You, you know uh, it's bad when you win a Stanley Cup and they run you out of town. You win the franchise's first Stanley Cup in 40-some years in New York and they say you can leave. And then he goes yeah. to 12 other teams. So thanks, Gunzel, for letting us know that you're at least 60 years old if you still think Mike Keenan's a good <laughs> NHL coach. Appreciate that. Way to date yourself, big guy. Yeah. Uh, all yeah, right. Look, it, yeah, sorry. it's just – and someone mentioned it in the chat earlier. You know, even Quenville was not a consistent table flipper. Never. He and, never did that. And, you know, throwing things and, and anything like that. Never. So. Drives a point home when you have a coach that doesn't do that often or ever. When it does happen, you you, you perk up a little bit. You know, I I played a I, my high school football team. I've talked about it before. Uh, we weren't good. We weren't good at all. Um, and there we had a, a few coaches on our staff that they were zero to one hundred. All the time. You're done. The coaches that got listened to and taken seriously the least were those ones. Because it was just like, dude, get out of my face. Do you see the 13 people that we have to choose from for this team? Like, what are you trying to get out of us? Like, we're not freaking, you're not Newt Rockney. Right. Like, so to have, so if you constantly are at that moment, at that emotion, at that, at that level with a team that, clearly is not going to be good enough to to do the things that you're shouting and pounding your fists to do it's going to go in one ear and out the other and and i don't think that in, entirely is based off of all oh, these millennial players blah 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 uh it's if you want to be a good coach you got to be able to evolve and adapt yep and there's a reason that you know john, guys like john tortorella are the last of their breed and probably will will be for yeah. a long time for for a while. Yep. And yes, Mike Keenan did take three teams to the Stanley Cup final in the nineties. It was it's changed. The 90s. It's, cha it's changed. It's changed a little bit. The game is different. You can't. You don't play the game the way you do when Mike Keenan had success, and the players are not the same mentality. It's just let's leave the past in the past. All right, let's uh, let Greg go. But first, we got to do our fourth stars of the game. So let's fire that up and do it. Uh, my fourth star, uh, a guy who, this is kind of a mea culpa on my part. Uh, Andreas Athanasiu had an assist 
1452, uh, three shot attempts. But here's what I want to say. We, we had a lot of, like, laughs at his expense. You want to talk about, about a guy who's played his ass off in every game he's played this season? Mm-hmm. He is one of the few that every shift he's trying to make things happen. He's skating hard. He's trying to create offense. He's back-checking. He has done everything right this season. So more so than just, like, his individual numbers in this game, to see him continue to be a guy for every minute he's on the ice giving his all, I want to just recognize that we laughed at him a lot. We called him uh, modern Victor Stahlberg. But guess what? That guy's out there playing his ass off, mm-hmm. and he deserves credit for it. So I'm giving it to him. Andreas at Tennessee was my four-star. Yeah, I'm going to give hard to hard to argue that Athanasiu has been the exact player we expected him to be. High energy, uh, trying to create a lot of things uh, through his speed, uh, just hasn't found the back of the net. Uh, by the way, NHL finally updated the three stars. It was not when we started the segment. Uh, Logan Couture number three, Eric Carlson uh, number two, and uh, Barbanov was number one. By the way, speaking of Eric Carlson. Uh, you talked about the great season he's having, fifty-three points in thirty-nine games for Eric Carlson, who a lot of people wrote off. Mm-hmm. Eh. <laughs> a lot of people wrote off Eric Carlson, and he's having a Norris Trophy year, so good for him. Also, yeah. uh, so. Sharks franchise record thirteen game point streak extended tonight for him. Yep. I Found the Eric fountain Carlson, of youth at thirty-two years old. That's right, as Troy Murray said, <laughs> and crushed my soul. <laughs> I saw I saw Eric Carlson in the, uh, the the hallway after the game. He was talking to the San Jose media, and he's still pulling off that pirate look, man. He still looks good in that. <laughs> Whatever works for you, swashbuckler, Yar Uh Enjoy that that next Norris Trophy. Um, I'm going to give my fourth star to uh, uh, this is kind of the exact player and performance we started this segment for. I'm going to give it to Reese Johnson. He's not all over the score sheet. He played a little less than 12 minutes. But he led the team with six hits, had a couple of shot attempts uh, and a block shot as well. He's just one of those guys that was out there just trying to create something through his energy, through his physical play. Uh, Luke Richardson and many of the guys in the, in the locker room all season long have said this team is only going to win games when they play physical from start to finish. And he was one of the few guys tonight that actually did that. Uh, from the opening draw until the final horn. So I'm going to give my uh, four-star to Reese Johnson, future Blackhawks captain, Reese Johnson. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes, yes, if Derek King had his way. Uh, my four-star of the night is uh, Patrick Kane. He had the uh, game's opening goal. Um, great to see him uh, get that get that one because I know producing points and scoring goals hasn't been – uh, up to the standards that Kane and many others Blackhawks fans hold himself to. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of people um, sometimes in our chat, mostly on Twitter, uh, that say that Patrick Kane is is checked out and is ready to move on to his next team. I, I, I hope those people were watching this game tonight because he was one of the most engaged, trying to do everything. Oh, yeah players that that the Blackhawks had on the ice tonight and look like look up and down this roster like he 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 cannot carry this team on his own as much as he tries to do on a lot of nights he can't do it there was a play today where Kane was wide open on the left wing Taylor Radish had the puck behind the net 
All he had to do was get it to him, and Radish passed it off the back of the net. <laughs> I thought that, and I like I, I'm back to the shrug I'm, emoji. I'm pro Taylor Radish. I think he's been a nice little find for Kyle Davidson, but Jesus, yeah, like a wide open Patrick Kane with a gaping net, and he just goes boop, two feet in front of him. He can't get it around the net. It's like that is so typical of this season. The, mm-hmm. That's a thumbnail of this entire season. Yep. Um, Luke Richardson mentioned a play in his his. In his post-game presser uh when we're talking about ian mitchell saying that like yeah the play that he made on the goal was great you need to see more of that and, I, and he said he actually called for the puck on a power play which he wanted to see it meant he's being assertive and feeling confident but athanasiu put it on his left side instead of his right side you know typical that's just what it's been you had a guy wide open ready to shoot and you can't get it in his wheelhouse uh richardson said maybe he still thought it was Caleb out there, who's a left-handed shot and a right, and, and Mitchell's a righty. But you know, for, it doesn't matter. It's still that's been the synopsis of this entire season. The, they're, they're, the, even when they get in the right position to make something happen, something is just off by a fraction of an inch, and they can't get the playoff while other teams are doing it in their sleep. You know what? They should Colin Blackwell's jersey should his number should be twenty two twenty three, and the name should say Blackhawks. Because he is the encapsulation <laughs> yeah. of the Blackhawks. He tries really, really hard and then gets and just... <laughs> just makes the most simple things look difficult. Yeah. But he's out there trying his ass off. So what are you going to do? Yeah, All right. I, I will, I'll never knock him for his effort. Yeah. All right, Greg. Uh, safe journeys home, man. Thanks for joining us. Good stuff as always. We appreciate it. All right. See you boys on Tuesday, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, Tuesday, no practice tomorrow. Right? No practice tomorrow. No practice We're off. tomorrow. Off day. Love yep. it. All right, see you boys Tuesday right. when the Tampa Bay Lightning and Brandon Hagel are in town. That should be mm. a thing. Fun yeah. one. And I'm sure yeah. we'll have a different outcome that time. All right, buddy. Yep. We'll talk to you. All right, boys. Drive safe. That is Greg Boyson uh, live from the United Center. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Greg Boyson. Uh, always coming with uh, really good stuff, as, yeah. as uh, he does. And when you do, when you're there, Mario, uh, I love our little uh, intermission or post-game hits. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, three Hawks hits from Greg will be uh, coming out shortly after uh, yeah. the podcast is over. Still to come, we've got our tank standing updates. We've got our tankathon simulation. We are at uh, thirty nine likes. I want uh, fifty likes for an extra spin at the wheel, and we're going to talk a little bit about that Jake McCabe rumor uh, that Elliot Friedman had. But first, Ooh, rumor season. We're going to talk about pins and aces. Yeah. Hey, the weather has been nice, hasn't it? Since it was negative 50, now it's 50. (laughs) It's a 100-degree swing, if my math is correct. Yeah, I believe believe (laughs) that is correct. Uh, So the weather's nice. I know the golf courses are closed around here for the season, though, but, you know... That doesn't mean you can't go out and get yourself some nice pins and aces gear. The official golf apparel partner of CHGO and the presenting sponsor of the Big Drive Energy Golf Podcast on the All City Network. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags that can be customized. And, of course, the beer sleeve, the innovative product that goes right into your golf bag and can store up to seven beers right there in your bag and keep them cold the entire round. Uh, Be sure to check out Pins and Aces at pinsandaces.com. And when you do, uh, fill up your shopping cart with all the great gifts that you can send as late Christmas gifts. Like, oh, I forgot you on my list. Here's your Pins and Aces gear. Uh, When you do that, 
Use the promo code CHGO and you're going to receive 15% off of your first order and you're going to get free shipping on that order as well. That's the promo code CHGO at pinsandaces.com. And uh, heard from a friend that they took advantage of our Shady Rays deal mm. and uh, got like, let's see, I think it was six sunglasses so it was 12 pair with the buy one get one mm. and just like everybody in his family got shady rays Ooh. and he absolutely won christmas and if you've not tried shady rays yet uh you don't know what you're missing i heard all the hype i heard what greg said before mine arrived and i held them in my hand and said these are the highest quality sunglasses i've ever owned and they're for a fraction of the price of those higher end brands that frankly don't really hold up in terms of quality at shady rays they never understood why sunglasses were so expensive so they changed it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays or Winter have you covered. Their premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone in every lifestyle. And the best part about Shady Rays, they have the best protection program in all of eyewear. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked dropped in a lake thrown on the ice you're doing the wave and somebody hit you in the face uh, anything and they will replace them and even with that strong of a protection program they still manage to make quality that i can tell you is just as good or better than any pair i've ever owned before and shady race customers agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews they stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has an issue they'll throw profit out the window and do what it takes to make it right Free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's a guarantee, my friends. And exclusively for CHGO listeners, they're running their deepest deal yet. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That's a BOGO, friends. You get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. Before we get to the trade rumor here... Uh, some um, some quotes uh, coming through here from Patrick Kane. This is all from Scott Powers. Obviously, we've been losing a lot of games, and I think it wears on a lot of guys. Guys get frustrated. It's understandable. At the same time, when we're in positions like we are tonight, we got to find a way to not give up so much so easy. Mm. It's obviously been a problem all year for us. I think we've had the right attitude. Guys want to win. Guys are staying positive. Especially tonight, I think we had a new outlook on things after the last year and it being a new year and trying to start off the way we wanted to. It looked like it was going right there for a while, and then it wasn't. Mm. So Patrick Kane kind of echoing the stuff we're talking about here. Tonight's game was the New Year's diet. It went well <laughs> for a few weeks, and then it all came tumbling down when you get that first pizza of the year. That's why and I don't it even becomes try. the second pizza and the third pizza of the year, and then... And then it's just ruined. Right. Why bother? All right. Uh, I know you heard, you tweeted about it uh, yesterday, uh, yeah. the info from the 32 Thoughts podcast regarding Jake McCabe, Max Domi. So I'm going to give you the floor here. Yeah, that was um, last night, I yes. think. Yeah, it was uh, the, the 32 Thoughts segment on uh, Sportsnet late night game. can't remember what game it was. But uh, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Freeman talking about uh, the Blackhawks and trade rumors. Uh from Jeff Merrick, he was talking about the 
potential that Max Domi might actually be uh, finding himself a home in Chicago rather than uh, being flipped, as we all expected when he first came to the Blackhawks on a one-year, $3 million deal. Um, and then as the segment was ending, Elliot Friedman just kind of tossed in there, oh, yeah, Jake McCabe might be targeted by the Oilers. So that's two very interesting things to to come out from those guys, which if this was just coming from random NHL blog spot 23 at blah, 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 <laughs> like I I'd, I'd wouldn't think twice about it. But coming from Merrick and and uh, and Friedman, uh, it's 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 interesting to hear. And, and, and Scott Powers and Mark Lazarus today on The Athletic, they came out with their, um, you know, what most updated what they're hearing about um, as far as trades for the Blackhawks go. But, you know, with with, with the Domi thing, look. I don't mind it. I don't, I don't mind if he's brought back in some sort of extension. Um, but I just, I don't know. Is, is it worth... The, the way he's playing and what he can bring to a contending team I think is is more important right now and fits more of the I- idea of what this team is trying to do in this in this rebuilding process than trying to invest in him short term and what he can bring to the team. I, th- yeah. I think it's more important to try and get as best of a pick or prospect as possible for him than to say, oh, we'll we'll keep you around for two years, three years, whatever it is to I don't know be a be an overachieving third liner playing on in the top six uh be a presence in the locker I don't know I, 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 think I don't it, I think, think it the depends on too like what kind of offers are you are you getting for Max Domi right like that's I think that's what Kyle Davidson has to do is say all right for a third round picker higher I'm willing to trade Max Domi I would. Anything below a third, I'm going to think about it. Because, frankly, if Taves and Kane are gone, someone has to be here. Like, honestly, yeah. if you trade Taves, Kane, Athanasiu, Domi, you're call- then you're completely nuking what your whole plan was this year in Rockford. Yeah. Right? You're Then you're calling up Reichel. You're calling up Slavin. You're calling up Gutman. You're calling up whoever. Dylan Secura. Dylan Secura. Fine. <laughs> to fill those roster spots. And then you've taken a lot away from Rockford. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I think he sets a price. The other thing, and Mark W. brings this up in the chat, you could trade Domi and tell him, hey, man, July 1st, have your phone, have your ringer on because we're going to sign you. We're going to resign you and we want you back. I know that happens very rarely. Yeah. But this is a very unique situation the Hawks are in. Yeah. I, I, uh, my point on that is I think people, love the idea of that i don't think it happens as often as people want or believe it to 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 happen in the case of domi though i i I tend to break my own thinking on that because he came to chicago because of luke richardson yeah and luke richardson his seat is not hot he is going to be here for a while um so i i wonder if that actually could be potentially in, in in the cards yeah and look we as we look ahead to next year they're going to have a crap ton of cap space. Mm-hmm. If Kane and Taves leave one way or another, it's $21 million of cap space Right, that's just sitting there. They're going to have to fill out roster spots with veterans, just like they kind of did this year when they got Jay Dick and they got all the other guys. You've got to fill in those spots. Yeah. If Max Domi's happy here, 
and content with playing through a season like this and loves Chicago. And look, like that's a guy in the locker room that's always smiling, gregarious. He's always there. He's always answering questions. Like, I think there's a value in having him there. Look, you're not going to go win anything with Max Domi as your best player. However, I don't think next year is also going to be the Rockford Blackhawks. No. It's just not. So you need to fill out some spots with veterans. He will be affordable. He's making three, so you're looking maybe four next year, maybe. maybe. Or you just give him an identical deal, whatever. But it's not going to break the bank. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think it makes sense. And I think you, you just sort of look around and say, hey, man, like if we're going to get third or better for you, we're going to flip you. But keep that phone on. July 1st, we'll be calling. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he won't be the only one, right? Yeah, so, yeah I, I, I think that that, that, that definitely – could be in play and and from 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 what Merrick said in in the segment it kind of sounded like it was more or less the Blackhawks were coming from a place of like hey we we like what you're doing here we like what you're bringing to the team and it, it seemed like more of their decision to to want to be like we may want to keep you rather than him saying like hey I want to stay here even though I know he doesn't have any uh, uh contract protection uh on on his deal and and with McCabe yeah you know that is a player that I think the Oilers, if the Oilers are a team that, that are targeting them, that is a team that could use a friggin' Jake McCabe. Like, that, that's a team that is, is, is going to contend this year. They have two of the three or four best players on this planet right now carrying them, and goaltending is iffy. Defense is not the best. If you bring in a guy like McCabe, who is just a son of a bitch of a defenseman, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a big addition to the Oilers. What do they have to to bring in a McCabe? Uh, do, do you know without looking at it off offhand? Um, you know their contract situation, their cap space situation. I think is a, is a consideration. And Jesse Pugliarvi, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, and 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 for McCabe, like. I know he's not putting up offensive numbers, but there's a lot of value that he brings defensively that I, I wonder what they could get in return for him. Um, it could it could be an NHL uh, an NHL close to NHL ready young prospect and a pick yeah. or uh, you they've know, got just, all their just picks this year picks. except the fourth. So okay. first, second, third, fifth, sixth, seventh. Um, like, that that's in you, play. Could you get a second for McCabe? I, th- I think so. Oh, I think so. I definitely to think me, so. To me, like a guy like McCabe, as the deadline approaches, could be like think about think about rewind to the dynasty, and let's say somebody gets hurt, like Brian Campbell or or Seabrook or whatever. Well, like Johnny O'Doohy is a great example. Mm-hmm. Not a household name, a good respected player, but you brought him in and he was a perfect fit because of the things he could do. Jake McCabe, you plug him onto any contender and they're better. Yeah. They're instantly better because you've got, I don't want to say he's like a number one shutdown defenseman, but he's a two or a three shutdown defenseman. Yeah. He's not Nicholas Jalmerson, but he's probably Nicholas Jalmerson light. You know, like any team is better for him and you can get a bidding war for Jake McCabe. He's dirt friggin' cheap too. At what four million? Four four million with two years left after this season. I like, think that's you get a not lot terrible. For him. That's not terrible. And at he's all. also, if you're talking about like a mega deal, you know, if Edmonton and Kane have been talked about too. I don't know how they make that happen. That's but that's above my pay grade. But I, I yeah, don't know. I, I I think Jake. I love Jake McCabe. I just call him my favorite hawk on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. Um. 
but that's the kind of trade where you can get something big back in return for him. Yeah. And look, he's not thrilled uh, with how things are going. If you missed that last week, all right, we got to get to the, yeah. uh, Thomas's super chat here. He says, what prospect would you want in return? Ooh, excuse me for either Kane or Taves. If the rumors are true. Well, from where? That's yeah. I mean, if we could just pick any prospect from the NHL, there's a lot of people. Give me uh, Luke Hughes. Uh, yeah. I mean, but I don't right. know. Yeah, like, it's it's tough to say. Not not to downplay your. But your, there, your there's question, been a lot Thomas. of chatter Thank around the, the, there's chat, been a lot of yeah. chatter around the Rangers. Um, and does uh, Capocaco do it for you? Does Alexis Lafreniere do it for you? Not on their own. No, I would and be then, that in a pick. Not it would need to be a first and those guys, and then the Rangers aren't going to do that. Not so the, so where are we two. going? One of those two, probably. Yeah. It's it's really hard to say. I mean, it's it's hard to say. It, if if I'm looking at, like you said, Patrick Kane and the Oilers have been connected by some people. Yeah. Um, if I'm looking at the Oilers and I'm looking at top prospects that they have, uh, and and this is, I'm I'm throwing my Badger bias out the window. Dylan Holloway. Oh, here we go. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm I'm no, kidding. Dylan Holloway. I I think is a, is a guy that I would love to to get to get back in a deal with with Edmonton. If it's if it's Patrick Kane, um, you know there there there's guys that uh, I think with within the within the Rangers organization, I if we're not talking about a draft pick coming from the uh, from from the Rangers like their first round pick or one of their first round picks, um, I don't know if they do it, but watching Brennan Othman at the World Juniors, he makes me excited. If yeah. as as a Rangers prospect that if the Blackhawks are in talks with them, he makes me excited. That's another guy that if if the, we're not talking about current picks this year, um, that would be a prospect I would want to see involved in a Kane. Deal. Might be easier easier for the Rangers from a like PR perspective to justify that too. Maybe uh, looking at the Oilers' top prospects too, they're pretty stacked. You mentioned Holloway, Philip Broberg, uh, Xavier Borgalt. Yeah. Um, Reed Schaefer, I'm just going through uh, Maxing Bereskin. They've got a lot of decent prospects that are very, very interesting. So, mm-hmm. look, it's it's really hard to say, like, this is the guy. We need to know the list of teams Patrick Kane's willing to go to, which will obviously affect his trade value, too. It probably is small. Like, if he says, I want to go to the Rangers, the Rangers aren't going to give you a first in Capocaco. Right. They're going to say, they we've got you over leverage. a barrel. Yeah. It's, it's us or nobody, so mm-hmm. we'll give you what we give you. So you got to keep that in mind. Um, uh, Nate says, how about Keandre Miller? Hell yes. Yeah, I would love Keandre Miller. I, I don't know. Have, if- hey, <laughs> Badger bias out the window again. I love Keandre Miller. I would That would be great to have him on this team. Rangers aren't giving him up. Yeah, no doubt. All right, uh, let's do the tank stuff before we wrap up. We have 44 likes. We need six more for an extra spin. Let's go. Was- Step it up. It was just Corey Crawford's birthday yesterday. Get, yeah. Let's get to 50. Come on. That's right. 50 for Crawford. All gonna, right. You're not going to uh, do it for us. Do it for Corey. Yeah, do it for Corey, if nothing else. Uh, the Blackhawks with the uh, still the lead in the tank standings, 20 yep. points after 36 games. Columbus, 24 points and 35. Anaheim with 24 and 37. The Sharks, 31 and 39. This was a big tank win. Mm-hmm. And Arizona back in the top five with 31 points in 35 games, so we are at 46. When are the Blackhawks going to get to double-digit wins? God. Like, <laughs> seriously. It's March 32nd. <laughs> um, all right, we got 48, That's so crazy. we're going to do one spin. Uh, on, all right. Uh, on tankathon.com, 
That is where we go for our uh, for our tank spin. Uh, good old tank. So we're gonna pull that up let's and see where the Hawks land. It's been tough the last couple days. Yeah, let's let's see where Tankathon is uh, favoring over the Blackhawks this this time around. Yeah. All right. Go ahead and uh, give it a spin there, Kevin. Da 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 da. Vancouver, Vancouver well, Chicago, Anaheim, Columbus. No, nope. you still get it. You st- you're, we're, we're still getting Adam Fantilli. That's, yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's okay. And you know what? Connor Bedard plays in his hometown as it should be, right? No. Uh, also, a reminder: if <laughs> the agree. Hawks, no. if the Hawks do finish with the worst record, they can pick no worse than third. So keep mm-hmm. that in mind as we do these things. All right. So let's reset. Did we get to fifty yet? I'm. We get. We had to. Come on. Come on, people. Really? We are at 48. There's not two people in here that can hit that like button for us for an extra spin? No. Yeah. I'm standing my ground. No. These soft millennials want stuff for free. No <laughs> one's willing to work for anything anymore. So we're calling it. That's uh, it. We're wrapping the show up. We've already given you an extra 10 minutes of podcast time. That's it. Sorry, I'm punishing you. I am a hard-nosed Mike Keenan type. Mm, I'm going to flip this yes. table over when the show is over. You should coach the Blackhawks. I should. All right. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We're back. Tuesday after Hawks and Lightning. That should be fun. Um, We are off tomorrow, so uh, we'll talk to you Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Kevin, for running things. Uh, Thanks to Greg for joining us from the UC. Make sure you're following us on social media at CHGO underscore Blackhawks. We'll talk to you Tuesday night.